Welcome to the Inclusive Education Project. I'm Vicki Brett. I'm Amanda Salohi. We're two civil rights lawyers on a mission to change the conversation about education, civil rights, and modern activism. Each week, we're going to explore new topics which are going to educate and empower others and give them a platform to enact change in education and level the playing field. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome, welcome to, back. Yeah, welcome back. Welcome to 2019. You can start uh, scribbling out your eights and start putting nines now. Yeah, wh- <laughs> whiting that out. I was wondering, I was trying to think of like a new way to like start the podcast, but I had one second before you pressed record, so oh, I didn't even think about Like it. now that we're in a new year, should we start out each episode with something positive to say? I feel like that would be good to end just because we get so hyped up with some of the stuff that we say. Like today's topic is going to be very interesting. But no, because then when we like stop doing it because we forget because we have guests or whatever. We're going to have like so many guests, I feel like, in the next couple. We, we like, are. We have, we have so many uh, different people. a huge lineup of people that we're either going to be recording pretty soon or we have them like set throughout the year. We're trying to get you a good group of experts but well, we can we can do a, a good thing for now so you guys have heard us have philip on the pod oh yeah he was our law student extern law clerk whatever you want to call him <laughs> um for a while and i think you heard us talking about how he was taking the bar over the summer and well, he was a coach for his uh brother's special olympics team too like yes, we were talking so about came, sports or yeah, whatever he came yeah. and talked about that and he's been on the pod the great news is he passed the bar yeah, so we've he's, been living in that for a couple months, but yes. so he <laughs> just haven't had a chance to share it with you guys. Yeah, so he's gonna be our newest associate. I guess he already is for the inclusive education project through through a fellowship through his school. Obviously, he's he's started with us before he he got the results, which was great because not all fellowships. Uh, yeah, created no, equal and like great. yeah yeah and so what'll be nice is we'll have him on you guys can kind of get to know him a little bit but yeah he's kind of like the new face at the inclusive yeah, education so project really headquarters and it's gonna bring us a lot of good things i think 2019 is gonna be a big year and we're going through some changes good things and so we wanted to start off the year talking about a topic that is often asked to us we talk a lot about putting things in the IEP, but what happens after that? How do we keep IEP teams accountable? How do we make sure that what's in the IEP actually happens? So there's a couple of ways that we do that. You know, the first thing is something that we've talked about before, making sure the IEP is as specific and clear as possible. Make sure that it's written in a way that anybody picking it up understands exactly what they're expected to do. That's step one, right? Be as clear as possible. But then there's a number of ways how we can kind of keep the IEP teams in check. And part of that is by like how we write it. Like I think we've talked in the past about like IEP goals. If you say that the goals are measured by observations alone, 
that's kind of subjective, right? But if the goal is measured by teacher collected data or therapist collected data, work samples, that sort of thing, then anytime you're questioning whether or not the goal was met or not met or the benchmark or there's progress being made, you ask to see that data that's being collected, those work samples that are being collected, and that should be able to give you a good guideline. Yeah, I think oftentimes when parents are looking at, well, what, what do you mean? How how do I make it clear? And, and I know we've talked about this in the past with goals, but I mean, if you don't understand how the goal is going to be implemented or like you don't even understand the baseline. So the baseline is supposed to be data that they have collected or things that they're noticing with the child. You know, for social emotional things, it's easy, right? Your, your child's in kindergarten and they don't understand the concept of of the bathroom routine, right? And so then it's easy to say like, this is something that all um, kindergartners should have learned in preschool or whatnot. Mm -hmm. And like, these are just little areas, they're not washing their hands or something. Okay, fine. But if the baseline is, you know, straight from the assessments or, or anything like that, and it's dealing with fluency or, you know, ask those questions. That's the only way it's going to get clarified, right? Because yeah, like if there's a word that can be vague or ambiguous, yeah. ask what that means. Yeah. So if, if you're talking about prompting, what kind of prompts? Right. Visual prompts, verbal prompts, right. gestural prompts. And then what does that look like? If the child's supposed to be in a group setting, what is that group setting? Three or more kids, you know, two or because if Where you go to a different done? school, like, and speech and language has five students at district X, and then you move to district Z and they have one to two, like, right. you know, that's very right. different, right? And right. I, you like the one to two, but what if it's reversed? What if you only have one to two and then you get to that other school and there's more kiddos? If it doesn't say in the IEP, it has to be a group of peers that are one to two typical peers or whatever, then you're going to get something completely different. That's going to be a completely different experience for that child. Right. Or let's say an accommodation is that they're going to be receiving support during instruction. Yes. Or let's say they're just going to get something like grouping, like chunking of material, right? That's an accommodation. If the accommodations page just says chunking of material and the parents are like, I don't think they're getting that. I don't think they're getting that accommodation. So my first question for the IEP team is, What's the expectation of this chunking material? Are they getting it during instruction? Are they getting it during independent work? Are they doing it during group work? Is it during RSP pullout? Right. When does this chunking material happen? And if the answer is during instruction, then it should say chunking of material during instruction, chunking of tasks during instruction, chunking of it during small group work. Or it needs if it's to be the specific. special education teacher that's consulting with the teacher weekly where is that? Because it not only needs to be in the accommodation right. chunking by special well, ed teacher, right. like it needs how, to be in the services right. too. Chunking doesn't, it's not automatic. It's not right. something that you can do on the fly. Like sometimes right. you can, but most of the time you have to yeah. prep for that. Right. So when is the time? So you make sure that that time is built in to the SAI minutes as like right. a consult. And right. then also like, so, okay, so let's say we've clarified it, right? So we've clarified it that it's going to be chunking of material during both instruction and during independent work. And we know that it's going to be the special ed teacher and the gen ed teacher are going to collaborate ahead of time on doing this. Maybe the aid is the one that's providing right. the actual implementation. So parents are saying, well, I don't know if it's being done. Well, we know that it's during instruction, during instruction of academic time, most likely. So, and you can specify that in the IEP. So go and do an observation. Do an observation during the time of the day that they're saying this accommodation is being provided. And then you can see it firsthand. That's an easy way for some accountability. Another way is, let's say, 
the the child is going to be receiving choices or or prompts of choices okay. for questions and they're doing a worksheet and the aide is helping them with the worksheet and they're giving them those choices and let's say it's like as needed or whatnot we want to find out how often is this happening so if the aide is working on a worksheet and the aide is giving a word bank or choices or something like that if the child utilizes that accommodation what the aide can do is write on the top or on the bottom or on the back of that worksheet used word bank or right didn't use word bank. Right. And then if you're getting these work samples, you should be able to see when is it done. I get parents that go to IEP meetings and it's like the, the district already knows they're going to ask for work samples or whatever. And so then they give them work samples and I have parents and they're like, this is just from the last three weeks. Like, I want to see everything. You can be asking for that material before the IEP. You don't have to wait right. for the IEP. Like accountability, it sucks because somebody has to be on top of it and it shouldn't be you as the parent. But if you're so skeptical of the school district and you don't trust them, you don't have to be a jerk about it. Right. You can just set up something where it's like, look, I don't think, cause like oftentimes it's like a secret. Like the parents like, I think the aide is doing it. This isn't his handwriting. Right. Okay. We'll say something right. to someone because it could be that there is an accommodation or something that they've that been he doing. Someone he can, that can, that can do them. that. Yeah. And so parents don't oftentimes, you know, they get so angry and it's just like, these work samples are from the last three weeks because the way that this goal is written, right. this is the trial period that they've been working on. They've given you the progress reports each time. So we'll get the progress reports because parents will be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I never get progress reports, but you should be getting progress reports on the goals on and, and how the child is doing on the goals so that by right. the time that you get to the annual goal that the child should have accomplished, you're not seeing the worksheets from September. You're right. going to see the last three because he needed to pass three out of the five trials. Or well, whatever. and part of what we try to do within the IEP process and IEP meetings is prevent getting to the point that we get progress reported and the parents disagree. Right. And then it's like, well, I don't agree, but they're not providing me any proof. And then at that point, then you're asking for them to supply the work samples. Leader. Well, why wait until the annual goal? Right. Why don't we throughout the process be providing parents with that information along the way so you can build in an accommodation that maybe there's a communication log and maybe the communication log is that the child the parent's going to get communication on a weekly basis well don't just put that the communication log is going to happen put what's going to be provided in there and maybe we're going to give progress on certain areas and maybe along with that is going to be data is going to be provided on a monthly basis. Maybe work samples is going to be provided because then that way you're getting on a regular basis and the, the ability to be able to then say that this is fabricated is really not there. And so for school teams, a tip is provide that because and at there, the end of the there day, there are so many worksheets that right. are just so like you can just, you can I, be I have seen things. one for, right. for the functional behavioral assessments where it was like super specific and it was just easier for the teacher or the aide to fill that out because I think where you were going, like at the end of the day, like we're not questioning you because we think that the child's just sitting in a corner. Like you are the teacher, you're the first line of defense right. and I'm sure that you're working on things, but right. When the parent doesn't understand your teaching style or your techniques and they 
just don't feel like the child is making the progress that they want to see. But you're like, you're this child's making such great progress. You want to be able to defend yourself. Right. Well, and also on the other spectrum, if you're not keeping track of when these accommodations are being used, it's hard to say at the end of the year whether or not they need to continue as an accommodation. Right. Because mm-hmm. right? I have times where like we'll go through the accommodations list and an IEP team will talk about different accommodations. And then one person will say, I don't think he really uses that. And sometimes I'll question and I'll be like, well, why do you think that? Right. And it goes back to the idea that like they're thinking of the most recent. So maybe in the last week they haven't used it. But have you taken data over the course of the last two months to see if they really don't use it? Because right. maybe it was a fluke week and mm-hmm. they didn't need it because it was review of material. It was mm-hmm. a preferred activity. Like you don't know. So it's really important like for continuity and making sure like because at the end of the day, look, there's going to be disagreements between the school team and the home team. Right. But. More often than not, the way to prevent there from being a disagreement is that everyone's on the same page. So if everyone has all the information, we can be on that same page. So if you're regularly giving parents information, then they're able to say, okay, how can we adjust this? How can we make changes? And then they're not surprised at the annual IEP. Yeah. And if you're afraid to give the information because you're like, well, parents are going to, you know, critique it or they're going to. They're going to see that the child's not making progress, but I know I'll get the child there. Then be honest about it. Right. You know, like it's right. it's OK. Say, I think that there hasn't been as much progress, but here's how I'm tweaking what I'm doing. Right. And I think it's going to work. Because then the parent, it's like perspectively kind of getting rid of that worry. Right. I mean, I'd rather, you know, take five minutes to call a district to confirm an IEP meeting than to show up and the IEP meeting's been canceled because right. no, they just canceled it last minute. Yeah. It's like you got to think perspectively. And, and how can you handle things in the most efficient way? And if you're tweaking something, then, you know, let them know you're you're allowed to have teaching strategy. Right. Like the well, IEP is a game plan. Yeah. You're allowed to tweak the IEP throughout the course of the year. Like, yeah, you have to get parents consent and everything, but you don't have to wait till the annual if you need to make changes. But in another way for accountability, I often get the question or the statement, I don't think my child's receiving speech or I don't yes. think they're receiving it all the time mm-hmm. because sometimes what happens is. Johnny comes home and mom goes, did you have speech today? Or no. how did speech go? Johnny will say no. No. Well, no speech. And they go, well, why would my child lie? Sometimes it's not necessarily a lie. It's like, what do they remember from their school? Day? Right. You know, or maybe they just are not telling maybe it was a sub and they didn't even know it was the or maybe they're really literal and in their speech session it was a group session Mm -hmm. and they did a they did an activity Mm -hmm. and it seemed more like play and so to them Mm -hmm. it didn't seem like speech because to Mm -hmm. them speech is when they work on articulation right right? so the best way to figure out is the child receiving speech Mm -hmm. is to ask for logs so a school district is required to implement everything that's in the iep meaning It's required to do an hour a week of speech therapy, then an hour a week needs to be done for schools to be able to prove that you're doing it. And yes, of course, you know, you shouldn't have to be questioned that you're doing your job. We believe that most of the time you are doing your job. But for the sake of peace of mind, if Johnny is telling mom they're not getting speech, then we want to be able to have an ability. And write that email. Be like, Johnny said that he didn't have speech today. I can't tell you how many times there's like clear and blatant miscommunication if parent would have just sent that email one six months from now when you're in our office and you're trying to tell us that you know oh i talked to the teacher did you write an email about it well no i i talked to her and you could get an email back being like you know what 
there wasn't today. He was completely right. right. We're making it up. But then it's not like you next day going in and being like, I want the logs. Like, obviously, if you're seeing a pattern and or if they're kind of right. trying to cover their butts a little bit too much and you're just like, this makes no sense. Like, I really want to see the logs. Yeah. Or I've had times where a speech therapist, for example, goes on maternity leave. And the parent, it's been a month and a half and they haven't met any new speech therapist. So in their mind, they're thinking, Johnny hasn't been getting speech for this month and a half. So, okay, there is nothing in the law that specifically says school districts must log every hour, every minute of every service. However, they're required to implement the IEP. So the way this works is that if a child is supposed to be receiving services and the parent questions whether or not those services are being provided, a lot of times, sometimes when there's like a, an implementation issue, you can file a compliance complaint with the Department of Education. With those compliance complaints, generally what happens is the Department of Education will go to the school district and say, parent doesn't think Johnny's been receiving all the speech therapy. Provide me proof that you are. Well, if you don't have a log of every time the, the therapist did the speech therapy, then how are you going to prove it? Then according to your records, there actually wasn't the therapy. So the best thing that a school can do is create these logs and make sure that these logs are accurately kept. And then when there is a question about whether or not there is an issue, then the parents can request those logs be provided. And most schools do do logs. I mean, there are some that don't, but they should be. But for the most part, they are. I mean, it's almost like um, like you have an employee at a restaurant that's clocking in, clocking out. Like the therapist may be at different school sites. So you should be like signing in, signing out, logging in, whatever. So, you know, it's a way to be able to provide accountability that like, hey, this is the other piece is let's say you have that communication log and the teacher is providing that communication to to the parent and they're receiving information from all the team members. So if that's a weekly communication and the speech therapist did see the, the student and the speech therapist is saying, hey, we had a good session or hey, we had a difficult session and that's part of the communication, then that's information to the parent that, oh, this actually happened this week. Right. And I think it's it's important to understand because I know that this was I think somebody actually had this question on the Facebook page like months ago and she was like they're just not giving me the information they're not giving me the information you know that's when you have to up the ante and file the compliance complaint because you do have a right to review your child's records but if those records don't exist what right do you have but if like Amanda said you're trying to prove that something has been happening then you know you have to have it in writing I had a, a similar situation where the child was suspended suspension paperwork wasn't given they did call mom and I told mom I said look I can write a letter I can show you know that they didn't do a b and c but I guarantee you the minute I send this letter that paperwork will exist and that's exactly what happened and you know mom was like but I know like why would she lie like she she knew that this happened they didn't even tell her that this happened and then I followed up on this and I'm like I hear what you're saying but the minute I sent this letter and I said you didn't send us this paperwork you didn't do this you didn't do that you didn't have this meeting all of a sudden they're like yes we did we had all of that you know we did all that but it wasn't effectively community it wasn't in mom's communication log that she was even suspended and so for mom she's like you're supposed to put stuff in the communication log like why didn't you and like when we had a follow-up IEP meeting the team they admitted they're just like like we should have put it in there, but right. we didn't. They're human, right. right? And it's not like, you know, it was this big conspiracy or anything like that. And uh, more often than not, you are not going to, your school district is not going to be that big, you know, 
you're going to break the door on things. You know, it's just they're human and right. they're just not, you know, I don't want you to think, oh, they're being retaliatory or anything like that. Like you're not going to be that lucky slash unlucky that you have that district. Those, I mean, even a man and I doing this for as long as we have, you know, there's very few districts that are like that. It does happen. It does exist. We've experienced manufacturing of paperwork after the fact, you know, after we've been involved. We've had colleagues that have experienced the same, but it's few and far between. But, you know, that's why we're so adamant about email. We're constantly telling people, get it in writing, get it in writing. You know, even if it's a text, just something that you could go back to and print out because at the end of the day, you having a conversation with the teacher, do you remember when it was, you know, what was the teacher's right. reaction? And then the teacher yeah. might be like, I don't remember that. And that could be yeah. true. Like they don't remember. Yeah. Or they said something they weren't supposed to say. And they're, they're going to say they don't remember. They, they're going to say they don't remember. And, yeah. you know, your kids, you know, not going to be lying about things. We're not saying that you should just not believe your child. You know, you want these services for a reason. And especially if you didn't really think that the amount was appropriate in the first place because you thought the child needed more. And then they're not even getting it. We completely understand. But a lot of times when we have our clients in our private firm that are the the yearly clients, that's basically what we are. We're the accountability police. I can't believe how many times I've used that statement at the end of, of last year, especially with so many of my parents. Like, we're having like IEP meetings every month and a half just well, to check in yeah, on things. Yeah, I mean, that's a question that we get all the time, like especially when someone's like signing up with us or determining whether or not they need help. It's like, okay, well, like how do we keep them accountable? How do we do that? And it's like, well, part of that is what we're doing. But of course, some of it is stuff that you could do too. And that's all these things that we're telling you today, like, you know, putting things in the IEP and then following up, like don't wait till the annual to right. ask this stuff. So like, for instance, you know, you should be getting the progress reports on a usually quarterly or trimester basis. So it comes with the report cards or it should it around should. the time. So like you'll have your benchmarks on your goals and like you should be receiving because you should be tracking whether or not a student's making progress because if by the first benchmark, like there's no progress at all or there's a lot of progress, then we need to reevaluate is the goal too easy or is it too hard or is the level of intervention not appropriate for that mm-hmm. goal? And so we need to make a change. So like I tell parents all the time, like don't wait. So, okay, the progress report comes home and you disagree with whether or not the student has made the progress that's saying on this on the right. So most of the time you'll want your goals to say that it is measured by data or work samples, right? So that progress report comes home. How do you keep them accountable to see whether or not there's progress? Well, you say, I want the data and the work samples for goal number one for math. And they're required to give it to you. Because if it's measured by that, then they cannot say that there's been progress or not progress if they can't back it up because the goal is embedded that there will be that backup. And so having it in the IEP and then you got to ask for it because they're not going to give they're not required to give you that data and stuff on the regular basis. They're required to give you the progress reports. And then it's up to you to follow up and say, look, I don't know that I agree that there's been this progress made. Or I actually think, like, let's say you go to an IEP for the annual and 
the team proposes a goal and you think it's too easy. You want it to be more challenging. And the IEP team disagrees with you and they refuse to make it harder. But you get to the first trimester or the first progress report and it's clear that the student has made so much progress that you were right, it, it was too easy of a goal. So at that point, maybe you want to make the goal more challenging instead of waiting until the annual, right? Because otherwise they're going to probably exceed the goal. Right. So you want to ask for that data. You want to ask for that progress report. So it is something that you can do. You can ask for that information. And that's how we're able to provide, you know, some accountability of is the child making progress? Are they not? How are we checking up? Because the last thing you want to do is wait for the annual. And I, I can't tell you, I think that's probably the most common question slash comment we get at presentations or intakes and things that it's like, oh, we can have an IEP when we want or I don't want to wait for the IEP. And we go, right. you don't have to wait for the annual. You right. can have an IEP when you want, or you can ask for this information. And sometimes you get a lot of good information at parent-teacher conferences. Mm -hmm. But if they're going to tell you that they're going to do something and you think that it should be in the IEP or it should be detailed out, you're asking for an amendment to the IEP. Right. Because, yes, teachers do have flexibility with their teaching strategies and how they are working with your student. You know, sometimes that's the teacher being one-on-one -on -one with the student, and sometimes it's the teacher's aid under the supervision of the mm -hmm. teacher being one-to-one -one with your student. But if you're at a parent-teacher conference, I can't tell you how many times parents have been like, well, the teacher said that they were going to do this. And I was like, yeah, but one, did it happen? No, because you're here in front of me. And two, like, did you have an IEP meeting about it? Right. And like, you don't necessarily, like sometimes teachers will be like, oh, we don't have to have an IEP meeting. Okay, but how are you going to hold the teacher accountable? Like, right. Or okay, well, get in the, the information week, that you, you know, need. give me an email about it or or you follow up the parent teacher conference today. You said that you were going to do this, blah, blah, blah. But like put something extra. Like if the teacher's saying I'm going to be doing this. OK, how do I know you're going to be doing this? Right. What are you going to give me? You know, and that's OK to ask for it, not in like a really right. jerky way, but just to be able to say like, look, that's great. I want you to do this. And you know what? I'd love data on it because a lot of times when we have the teacher data and or worksheets it's like parents wanted worksheets but it's like an and or and so then you're just using teacher data so if you prefer worksheets you say teacher data and worksheets right. or you just say right. worksheets you know because some teachers are really great they have their binders they have everything ready and I can see the data and I could see everything that they've done and I'm just like oh my god this is so great and then sometimes I see other teachers data and it's like nothing and yeah I just and have to I mean take and, and that's also where sometimes you need to clarify like what do you mean by worksheet what do you mean by data but you know a helpful tip with this I definitely there's been times where I'm at IEPs and I ask a teacher for data or ask a teacher for logs or service provider for logs. And they take really offense to that because they hear my question as, you know, that I think they're not doing their job. And, you know, if you're a teacher or a speech therapist or anyone that's listening, usually, I mean, I can't speak for other attorneys, but at least for us, when we're asking for that, a lot of times we're looking for information, right? Because a parent is concerned about something and we want to get down to the bottom of it. We want to get to the brass tacks. We right. don't want to have this argument. So if you're a parent and you go to an IEP or maybe it's in the between IEPs and you're concerned about whether or not progress is being made or a goal is met or if speech therapy is being done when it's supposed to be. The best first step to take is not get on the offensive and automatically assume that something's wrong. First things first is send them an email, send them a letter, say, I want more information. This is what I'm requesting. And more often than not, if you approach it in that way, they're more likely to give you the information rather than the whole, this goal wasn't met. What are you talking about? 
and then going to the asking for more information. It's more of like, I'm not sure about that. I would like to get more information. And yes, you shouldn't be having to change your behavior. There's there's definitely something to be said about the fact that like, if you don't think they're doing their job, like you have every right to get upset. But in our experience, that's just a way to get more collaboration in IEP meetings by approaching it that way, because they are required to give you this information. It's not like you're not entitled to it. And if you think the goal is going to be too easy, then you say, you know what? I really, if you guys want me to sign this IEP, I will sign it, but I want another IEP meeting at the first benchmark so that we can re, cause like you don't have to just take it on your own, but like you say why, right? Cause I, I have that all the time. Oh, I, I, it's too easy. It's too easy. And I'm just like, well, if you don't have a suggestion or you do have a suggestion and they don't want to change it, then we have to have a trial basis. This is something Amanda and I have have talked about and Amanda has perfected in the sense of, you know, these trial, you know, 90 days is a good amount of time to try increased speech and language. Maybe we're decreasing speech and language. Maybe the child's going into a general education setting. 90 days is perfect, right? You know, you get over the honeymoon phase and you kind of really get into stuff, you know, but 60 days, you can work with that as well. And Anything under 60 days, I'm not a fan of. I've made it work, but you really want to be able to get through a honeymoon phase and 30 days is just too short. And so, you know, it's something where you say, I don't feel comfortable with these three goals because I feel that they're not challenging, but I'd like to give them a try. So I will be signing this IEP, but I want another IEP and you get that date and you get that, you know, if they say, okay, in a week we're going to do this, but make sure it's in the IEP, you know, even if it's in the notes, just so you have something to reference and I can't tell you how many times this is just like an aside but like read the notes you know even before signing or have them read it at the IEP but like so often a parent question will be misconstrued or they'll say that I said something that I didn't and you know you have to change it because the IEP is that document that they're making a promise that they're going to provide you know this placement these services etc and the notes change every year as the IEP does, but it's a little different, right? Because you could have a whole new team, you could have new people, you know, anything like that. It's a nice point of reference to kind of show what happened. And if it doesn't accurately kind of depict what happened, that's going to be a problem because oftentimes I, I remember a client last year, she was like, yeah, they're going to start putting them in uh, mainstreaming, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, there was a brief discussion here, but mainstreaming's not starting. It's right. not anywhere on the service page. Yeah. And she's like, no, 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 they're going to do it. And I'm like, no, they're not. Right. And it wasn't until we got involved and we like made them have another IEP. And then really we were saying, you told mom you were going to do this two right. months ago. And they were like, no, we didn't. Like, And I didn't have you know any standing in a sense because they said mom misunderstood mm-hmm. and tech Technically, it was not anywhere in the service page, even as a trial basis. And so it's really important to be able to have that accountability as best as you can. And if they ask, like, you know, if they go, well, we don't have to do that. Okay, well, I don't have to sign this IEP. I I don't want to say that to you, but like, let's try to reach a compromise here. Because at the end of the day, school districts are required to have informed consent from a parent with an IEP, with any changes. A parent can only have informed consent if they truly understand everything that's going on and if in order for them to understand everything that's going on and everything that's being proposed they need more information then the district is obligated to provide that information so it's, it's a matter of like figuring that root cause right why are you asking for this information well you're asking for this information because 
you want more data on the baselines because you think that the goal is too easy. So you would like data on a more challenging goal. And sometimes that's all it takes is like, hey, I want a two digit by two digit multiplication goal. And they're proposing a one digit by one digit. And, and the maybe school, they haven't even started two right, by two. And they may haven't started and they're going to say, well, we haven't started. So I think that's too challenging. Well, right. At the end of the day, it may actually not be. So right. what, what I'd like to say, because the baseline probably only says one digit the by one, one digit, yeah. right? They're at 30%. We mm -hmm. want to get to 80. Mm -hmm. So they say, well, if we're at 30% for one digit, then we can't expect them to two digits. Right. Well, actually, sometimes they can make that jump. Yeah. So we have the data on the one digit. Go take data on the two digit. Right. And then once you take get the data, maybe you'll see that, oh, they're at 30% with two digits also. So we actually can combine it. Or into sometimes you throw something out, maybe a behavior or something, and the teacher goes, you know what? I, I kind of noticed that. Well, do you know what? Well, no. And then I'll have a program specialist. Can we collect data over the next two weeks? And then can we write a goal? I would love that just because it's something that parent has noticed. Teacher kind of has an inkling, but I don't want to just take their words for granted. Right. Let's actually get well, the Well, because you have to baseline. have an accurate baseline in the first place. So it can't just be based on people's memories. And that's that's something that bothers me sometimes. And that's a way to also make sure that the goals are appropriate is if if there's a baseline in there and you're not really sure if it's accurate, you have a right to ask where did that baseline come from? Did you take data with right. a subjective observation? Right. You know, where did that come from? Because yeah. if it's a subjective observation, maybe we need to actually take data. Maybe we yeah. need to get some more information. Maybe we need to do a standardized test because that can give us a little bit more Sometimes I've had the teacher change the baseline because oh, it seemed like they, but they had, they took out their notes and they're like, oh, actually we can plump this up a right. bit. And like you just seeing a teacher that already has that, those notes handy or, or oftentimes I ask a lot of very simple questions about IEPs or about baselines, not because I don't understand what's happening, but that explanation is essential for parent because the parent will be like, I don't understand why they're not reading at this level. And the teacher, if they know what they're talking about with the goal, this is step one. Parent, that's step two. I want to get there too, but they need the foundation and this is how we get there. And oftentimes when they know what they're talking about and a parent understand they are able to explain that appropriately, a parent's like, okay. And then they'll wait, you know, or we'll get another goal or, you know, we'll check in stuff right. like that. But I was at an IEP meeting a couple months ago and the teacher just did such a good job. Cause I even thought, man, these goals are so low, but she was like, look, this is the data that I've collected since she's been here. And these are just gaps in her like basic foundation right. that I want to hit and get solid mm -hmm. to get here because right. I'm going to give her this and she's already getting frustrated. So right. it was a perfect example of that teacher already doing the two right. digit and being like, she's frustrated. Right. We need to focus on this. Yeah. One. And that explanation means so much. And, you know, right. unfortunately, they I'm in so it. many IEPs where the teachers just want to run through the goals real fast and they just want to read it and not really explain. It'll be like goal one is da 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 and they just read it and there's no explanation. And at the end of the day, like the parents are not as familiar with these goals as the teachers are. So it's really important for teachers to take the time to explain and make sure because they really should be written for anybody to read because also another person on the team may pick this up. Another team may pick it up, another school, another teacher. So it's really important that it's clear and that things are being explained and there shouldn't be any concern with asking for that explanation. It shouldn't be taken as, oh, well, they don't believe me or, you know, they're challenging what I'm saying. No, sometimes they just want an explanation. And yeah. even like us, like I'm in IEPs all the time where I literally just want an explanation because I either know that the parent's going to need that explanation or 
I've seen it multiple ways. And so I want to make sure that we're being clear in what the expectation is. Or that and so, they understand what they're doing, you know? Yeah. And it's one of those things where if you're able to come from that aspect, I think teachers are more, oh, okay, I'm understanding that you just don't understand this, you know, because you can explain it in three different ways. And sometimes parent just doesn't get it. And yeah. that's okay. That's our job. But at least we have an understanding and we're able to interpret it for parent. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I know it's easy for us to say because we're attorneys and people see that ESQ behind our name and, and we may get more results. But, you know, if you're consistent and you have that evidence and you do need to go to an attorney or you need to turn that over to the California Department of Education because you have to file a compliance complaint, I feel the parents that do that on their own have that evidence, that paper right. trail. And I yeah. know we have said that in so many of our podcasts, but we cannot emphasize it enough. You know, and parents think that they have a paper trail and then we see and we're like, no, you didn't yeah. say this or you didn't yeah. do that. But just be really mindful because it's one of those things that like, you know, our parents go, well, they said that in the record. I should have recorded it. It's okay. Follow up in an email. And it's easier for me when you have an email where you're like, oh, and by the way, at the IEP meeting, you said X, Y, and Z. Can you get me a follow-up? And then they respond, and they only respond to question one, and then they don't respond to question two. Right. And then you follow up again. You're like, hi, you never answered. And then they still, okay, well, I can. that gives me something. Right. And that gives the Department of, uh, the California Department of Education something to go off as well. Right. So hopefully this accountability episode was somewhat helpful. I know it's always a struggle. Our job wouldn't exist if it wasn't a struggle. Right, right. And, um, and hopefully these are some tips that you can at least try and, you know, avoid needing to get to, you know, the crisis mode yes. of this isn't working or they're not giving me information. Or it's I a new year. Yeah. We're taking it to year. the top. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I mean, seriously, go at the beginning of the year. So go and look at your IEP. Just try it. Yeah. You know, if there's things in the IEP that you think could be changed and you're listening to us and you're like, hey, you know what? I think I could change this. Or maybe I do need to ask for the data. Ask for an IEP at this time. Yeah. Come back for winter right. break. Ask for an IEP. Ask for an IEP. And talk Nothing about it. like the present. Or yeah. you can send them an email and say, these are the things that I've realized that I have questions about. Can you get me data on these things? And you know what? A lot of times the teachers, you know, if it's yeah. just the teachers, they'll do it. But anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 <laughs>